Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So let's go into last week's poll question. Mage, you want to hit us with that? Yes, last last week we talked about Malagos Druid and wanted to know... Do you prefer playing Geppetto in your Malagostra deck? We had 17 votes. Thank you to everyone that voted. 58.8% said no. They do not play. They do not prefer playing Geppetto in their Malagostra deck. 41.2 said yes, they do. So looks like no Geppetto in, in most in most of our listeners' uh, Malagostra decks. So. Interesting, interesting topic, interesting discussion on that. We'll have another poll question at the end of the episode this week, and uh, we hope that you participate. Yeah, I'm actually surprised by that. I would have, I was, I was thinking Geppetto was gonna like just beat the the living tar out of no Geppetto. So be 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 more of a almost an yeah yeah. I I thought that was like the general consensus. And then I thought I was just, like, the weirdo who didn't want to play Geppetto. So, like, um... It it might... So, so the fact that Geppetto's a legendary might play into mm-hmm. it somewhat because it, it's a cost. And right now, I don't know that it's seeing any play anywhere else. Yeah. And unlike Kael'thas, we weren't given Geppetto. So, it's it makes it... Uh, it, it makes it a 1600 dust investment if you don't already already have the card. So maybe that plays into it a little bit. I'm sh- or maybe people are going more aggressive and so they don't necessarily aren't seeing as many control matchups and which is where Geppetto I think shines as well. Yeah. So eh. there there's definitely some possible reasons. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because the, I mean two of the best decks on the ladder are still you know, Hunter and Rogue right now. So, like, ugh. I mean, that's pretty much... When you queue up into that as a Hunter, you're thinking, this is, like, unless things go real bad and they can hit me Guardian Animals on turn three, uh, this is probably going to go well for me. Though, Though I will say, you know, if you're able to ramp and then be able to play Geppetto almost on curve, and if you hit, like, an Alexstrasza or something... Uh, you could pretty much end the game. <laughs> you could yeah. just auto win, basically. So. That makes sense to me. So, okay, so let's go into this week's news. I'm going to move it over to my main screen because there's a lot this week. So, all right. So, another rounds of balance changes announced last week and implemented September 8th. Uh, as we are recording, it has already been implemented. So the cards that got nerfed are Secret Passage, replaces your hand with four cards down from five. Uh, Cabal Acolyte is now uh, has four health. It's a two four instead of a two six. Dark Glare changed to a two mana two three from a three mana f- three four and only refreshes one mana crystal down from two. The buffs. Um, our Totem Goliath has five attack up from four, and it overloads only one now, and it used to overload two. And then Archwitch Willow changed from an eight mana five five, or is changed to an eight mana five five. Excuse me, from a nine mana seven seven. 
I literally had to look up what she did. <laughs> I have the card, and I had to look up what I, she did. I'm glad I didn't much play. Right <laughs> yeah, now. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that had to look it up, though. <laughs> does does she does she give me a full dust for a uh, refund? <laughs> I know. And the answer yes, is no. I know. So, Secret Passage, Cabal Acolyte, and Dark Glare will be eligible for a full dust refund for the two weeks after patch 18.2 goes live. Um, so this is Alec Dawson, um, talking about the balance changes on Twitter. So our main topic, we will discuss all the balance changes. So we're just going to kind of go through, uh, uh, Mr. Dawson's tweets here, and then we will talk about the rest of the news. And then our main topic will be the balance changes. So first up is secret passage. One of the top cards across all rogue archetypes. Going down to four card takes some of the raw power out of it, but still gives you a solid draw option for a more aggressive package. Some future protection is in this change. The question was when, when, not if. So this was going to happen anyways. Moving on. To- it seems weird that it seems weird that you would you'd be like, all right, we're gonna put this card out there, and we. Th- we're, we know it's going to get nerfed. It's just a question of how long until we do it. It's a l- little weird, but... I okay. I assume it's just basically like we're going to launch it as it is. And if it is the problem, we think it might be too powerful. And if it is the problem we think it will be, then we're just going to nerf it. But, I mean, they have the ability to do that. So that's one of the th- one of the yeah. unique things about Hearthstone. So... Moving on to Cabal Acolyte. Going to 4 health will tone down some of its defensive capabilities on turn 4 and post spell burst effect. Acolyte was one of the best performing cards in Priest and we want these soft uh, or these sort of effects mind control-esque to be a deck building choice. So then there's Dark Glare. This is a change mainly done for Wild. In Wild, Dark Glare Warlock is fairly rampant and creates an early board state that take make that make for a lot of non-games. The change from a 2-3 and 1 mana being refreshed is aimed to retain some of its identity in a smaller form. And then fine. I was making hand gestures about this going a little bit okay, a lot of Dark Lair and Oh, is that? And nobody was looking at me, so it's just, you know. I mean, I mean, I don't play <laughs> Wild, so like I don't know what the problem with Dark Glare and Wild is, so I apologize. Yeah. I, I'm sure there are wild. plenty of screenshots that could show you what Dark Glare and Wild was doing. Just, just hu- humor and, me uh, real quick. What is, like, is it like is, um with the librarian Ray's dead? So, Flame in, okay. Cobalt Librarian, Raise Dead, uh, and uh, the Vulgar Homunculus okay. sometimes as well, uh, as well as Penflinger, mm-hmm. would would be ways that you could do damage to yourself. So by uh, turn, uh, like turn, you could have a board state where you could actually play all four giants on turn four. Mm-hmm. Because because of how much damage you take, and I'm talking about two and two giants, molten giants, which and two molten giants, 
uh, flesh giants is because you were able to change your health eight times in the first four turns and molten giant was because you've uh reduced your life total by like 20 or so to to be able to play those for free and the worst part was if you'd if if they did it on turn five because you could play lotheb in addition to that and so there was literally nothing you could do to stop your opponent from hitting you for 32 plus damage the following so it sounds like they got to the naga sea witch uh somewhat early like was it was the pen flinger what put it over because the dark wear the 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 pen flinger definitely helped because you can you, you were able to you know play the pen flinger hit yourself with it then you play like a raised dead which hurts you gets you the pen flinger back so you could then pen flinger yourself again and the fact that you're only doing one damage to yourself, yeah. but still ticking down the cost of the flesh giant, I think was really huge. The other thing was the fact that it was allowing you to actually gain mana, generate yes. mana crystals by playing a one mana minion that generated you two mana when you played it with Dark Claire on the board. Well, you were basically printing printing mana and, and so it was like these boards were just just ridiculous. and the raised dead is also zero mana get two minions and get two mana crystals like like yes. add two. And, and those potentially could get you more and all this sort of thing <laughs> you, you left yourself susceptible to you know there were people there were people running like uh leroy jenkins index that had no business running leroy jenkins because you were just hoping that they did this on turn five and had gotten themselves so low that that Leroy Jenkins would be able to get you lethal because that was basically all you could do because you couldn't do use a spell a lot of times because they were playing Colt Neophyte uh, before turn five, mm-hmm. which increases the, the spell cost by one or two if they played more than one. And then Lotheb after that. You, you never played the Giants until you could play a Lotheb or a combination of of one or more cult neophytes, uh, because and then it was just game over. I I feel like I feel like well, we'll move on in just a second. I feel like they should just like give uh, Lotheb the Nagasi witch um, mana treatment. Just be like this costs eight now. Deal with it. Like Lotheb will never see play ever again because it's such a degenerate card. Like, Lotheb is, like, the definition of, like, this makes the game unfun to play. So, um... Being able... So, I... My my feeling on Lotheb, and again, this is a wild card, so you're not necessarily seeing Mm -hmm. it, uh, unless you're playing that, is by itself, it's not necessarily as big a problem. The problem was... Being able to do that in conjunction with a giant swing turn or even a medium sized swing turn where you basically lock out your opponent's way of 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 countering a a, a, a swing turn. It likely the only way you can we you can uh, kind of deal with a swing turn is by having a big AoE removal. And uh, that that was just impossible with with Lotheb on the board and just playing a. Playing Lotheb by itself, like I've done playing uh, uh, Priest, it's it's annoying, but it's dealable. Mm-hmm. You can deal with it, but it's it was the combination of that plus 
a couple couple giants that ended up just being ridiculous. <laughs> what seems to be the common theme here? <laughs> How do we cheese out like four giants in turn and play Lotheb in that same turn? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that seems to be the welcome to wild where we're going to jump a drop a bunch <laughs> of giants and play Lotheb on turn five. So you can't do anything about it. Deal with it. So hence why I, uh, I don't like wanting to break my hands on a repeated basis playing wild, so I don't. So, there, There's not a more frustrating feeling than when you have Shadow Word Ruin <laughs> yep. and you could play it, or you'd be able to play it had your opponent not played Lothab that turn because they played four giants as well. It's like, I've got the answer, I'm prepared with the answer, but I can't play the answer because of Lothab. <laughs> Okay. Right. Yes, exactly. Talk. This is a standard. Podcast. I know. I was just interested because I was like, I, I thought yes. it was because of, you know, like the power of um, Zoo Warlock and Standard. Um, it's not broken, but it's just really, it can be really strong with Dark Glare. But yeah, that's that's just beyond busted. So I'm glad they're making a change based on um, Wild 2. So it, it was a little complicated. Which probably is why it wasn't a, like a tier S sort of deck, but it was still like one of the top two decks in the in the in the in the wild. Gotcha. Okay, so finally we have two buffs. With the Dark Glare change, we wanted to give Warlock a buff. Archwitch Willow uh, going to eight mana makes for an intriguing waking option for heavier Warlock builds. We played at this mana cost for much of the development and thought it was right to go back. And then the the change to Totem Goliath is more of a correction. The two overload was too limiting for a deck that wants to follow up with another strong play for five mana. Bloodlust, second Goliath. We'll continue to monitor how Shaman performs in the meta and see if other buffs are necessary. More about the main dis- or more about the balance change in the main topic. So then we have the Skullamance Academy event. The Forbidden Library. It starts today, September 8th. Um, week 1, we have Battlegrounds. So you can now do Battlegrounds parties and new Battlegrounds heroes. And then there is the Mega Wild Bundle with 56 wild card packs in the store now for 35 bucks. Which is, if you're in wild, I mean, that's, that's a lot of cards for 35 bucks. So that's under that's almost uh 50 cents a pack which is kind of it's not quite there but i'm just rounding down to be neat um it's definitely it's definitely <laughs> cheaper than a buck yeah, a pack so yeah it's about 75 cents yeah. a pack or something yeah like and and yeah it's uh it's pretty solid and, and especially if these are are uh, if you have any interest in playing wild, this is a lot of packs to potentially get you going in there. And if you've not opened a bunch of packs in those expansions, you're guaranteed a legendary in the first 10 packs. There's also duplicate protection now across all of these. So, you know, it feels like this sort of deal now feels a lot better yeah. than it used to be because you're not continuing to get the same, uh, rares when you need other rares or epics when you need these other epics and so uh yeah if you could afford to get it i think this is i think this is pretty solid and it's only available this week mm-hmm. 
uh, because next week there's a different bundle that's going to be available, and they're gonna they're gonna switch it up. So week two, September fifteenth, Book of Heroes Adventure, eight boss linear adventure that awards one mage pack, five standard mage class cards. Hearthstone Book of Heroes will bring fresh and free single-player content over the course of the next 12 months until the stories for all 12 or all 10 core heroes have been told. And then there is the Scholar Jaina Mage Hero Bundle comes with five mage packs, cost to be determined, and there is no unique uh, voice lines, uh, data mined voice lines. I'm sorry, I could not make sense of that word for a second um for the new portrait as of now so as of right now it's just a different look for the same Jaina, but we'll see what happens come next week so five bucks i mean i would assume it'll probably be about 10 bucks would be my guess for for that because that's generally what it would it would say minimum 10 and the fact that there's uh five mage packs with it i feel like it might be 15 mm. and that might be a bit of a stretch for me especially when there's no new voice lines with the exactly so week three is september 22nd the heroic brawlicium returns september 23rd um a thousand gold or 10 bucks us to enter craft a deck from your own collection and play 12 to 12 wins or three losses Win packs, dust, golds, and even gold legendaries. No free ticket for this event. And then the Magic of Dalaran card back returns to the shop. So Brawl seems back. So if you're into that, um, you're into the gambling kind of thing, you think you can do well, <laughs> then step on up. And uh, it's quite an investment, but I mean... Yay! Yeah. <laughs> So they've got a chart that shows yeah. what the what the winning what you win based on the number of wins, and it looks like you probably want to get to about five wins if you want to actually earn a thousand gold or ten dollars worth of rewards, and so that you know, and it feels like given the cost, you're going to be paying some very stiff competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, and you need to get at least. 10 or 11 wins in order to 10. get gold legendary. It's 10. So yeah. 10, 10 for 1. Yep, 10 for 1. Yeah, 10 for 3 one, for 12. 11 for 2 and and then 3 for 12. So yeah, yeah it uh Yeah, that might be too rich for my blood. <laughs> and I've got tons of I've got tons of gold and that feels like that might be a Yeah, big I don't I don't like a to spend ten dollars that could potentially end in three losses, and like I get half of what my value is for it. So I am gonna sit out the heroic brawlicium. I've never been one to dive into those. Like when they gave us a free ticket for the like regular brawlicium, sure, why not? I'll go play a few games with that, but not the heroic one. And I think it's great that they're doing it. It's just that is the design not for me. It's like I don't mind being a little bit high stakes, but that's a little bit too high stakes for me uh, in a game like Hearthstone. So, Dragon Rider, are you going to play in the Heroic Brawlicium? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to do one or two nice. of them for there sure. Go. Awesome. I'm excited. I love those. Great. They're, they're a lot of fun. And it's to me, those are fascinating because it feels like they create their own like mini meta 
that ends up being different than ladder. So yeah. even though you expect it to be like ladder, it ends up being different because your decks are completely locked in and you can't change decks. I don't know. I think it's it's fun. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely try at least one. Awesome. Yeah, that's like I said. I'm super. I'm super cool that that like I'm excited that that's coming back because that's just more different ways to play the game. So. Uh. Yeah, I I enjoy the f- the when they bring the the Brawliseum back, whether it be the regular one or the heroic one, and uh, I think it's I think it's entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where. I guess I'm not confident oh, yeah. enough in my skill to think I can actually earn uh, enough to make it worth my while. And and if I if I felt I guess better about the deck I'd be bringing or or what I'd be facing, maybe that would be something I'd be more interested in. But I think I think it's some of the best uh, opportunities to watch streamers uh, play at a high level uh, and, and like pro players at a high level and see just the difference. Like you're saying in the, in the Brawliseum meta from, you know, day one on Wednesday, the the 23rd, all the way through that following Tuesday and how may, how it probably is going to shift like three or four times during the course of that. So is that, that replaces the arena for that, period of time right it's the tavern oh that's the tavern gotcha okay that's right i i get that confused so yep okay awesome so other changes in with patch 18.2 newly created decks will now automatically appear at the top of my decks in the collection manager instead of at the bottom i actually like that I don't know why they appeared at the bottom before, but I like that the fact they're... I kind of like that, too. That's kind of a fun one. I haven't gotten used to it yet. (laughs) Because I'm used to them at the bottom, so I'm like, where'd my deck go? Where where is it? And it's like, oh, wait, yeah, it's at the top now. Okay. I'm sure... It's cool. I was going to say, I'm going to cue the wrong deck a bunch of times because of that, (laughs) and I know it. Yeah. Okay, so copies of cards drawn by Secret Passage will no longer be returned to your deck at the end of your turn. What? Return to your deck at the end of your turn. If you play Secret Passage yes. and then... Co- oh, copy. Gotcha. Okay, I didn't realize that was a thing that happened. If you play Secret Passage and then copy those cards in hand, at least Voon, Philosophy, etc., those cards would previously have been shuffled back into your deck. Now you get to keep them. Okay. I didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> I, I didn't either. I have not played Elise or Voon or Philosophy or any of the card copying cards uh, in, in with Secret Passage. But that's definitely, uh, definitely a thing. And that would be weird because you'd expect based on on the way like if you played a Sage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cards. Those cards stay in your hand, and you're just, I'm just copying these things. Um, I would have expected them to stay in hand, but they didn't. And so that was the, that was the original wording in the patch notes, and then saw uh, Cora, formerly of Coin Concede, now a member of the Hearthstone team, actually gave us, gave, gave on Twitter that example uh, to explain that particular, um, that, that particular note in there because yeah it doesn't make sense necessarily when you when you read yeah it. 
I had to stop it. Think about it yeah. in the example. In the I read it earlier too, and I was like, I forgot to ask about it. But yep, no, that that makes sense. But those are all so quarter case scenario that it's just like, wait, these are cards that are all other classes, so I would have to. Yeah, it's just very interesting. So. Turns out Rogue has a way of getting other class cards. Yeah, it's true. Class cards. So I feel like the the fact that the first two are legendaries makes me think, yeah, Dragon's Horde probably caused those things to happen. Yeah, that's, yeah, and, that's uh, fair. And you had to get Dragon's Horde somehow. So, yep. Uh, you, you had to pull it off the, uh, the secret passage. So, okay. Alright, so uh, Mana Feeder Panthera's Battle Cry will now properly trigger after using your hero power and then invoking Galakron or switching to a different hero power. Interesting, I didn't realize that was an issue. So that's Yeah, apparently it was, and that that's actually a fairly popular yeah. card in the meta right mm-hmm. now. The fact that you can draw a card just by using your hero power, and it's a two mana two three, which is a solid early game minion. I definitely think that that's uh, you know probably something that that maybe you've noticed when you've been playing. Yep, and then yeah, I think. Uh, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say I think this next one that that Daring's about to read is like probably low key the biggest thing for me in this whole patch. So when refilling an existing mana crystal below ten mana. You will now receive a temporary mana crystal instead. The fixes this fixes an interaction with uh, where Force Warden Omu would not grant the correct amount of mana. So now, like we were talking about last week, that now works differently. If you play the Innervate, you get seven. If you have six mana and you have Omu and you play the Innervate. The spell burst goes off, and you get a temporary. You get the seven mana. So, okay, so now that works. So if you get Omu, and you you know you're trying to do something like Lightning Bloom, Omu or whatever, just trying to get Guardian Animals out somehow or something like that. Like you playing Innervate will give you that extra inner uh, extra mana crystal or, um double mana crystals with lightning bloom so so disregard that from last week's episode but when we recorded it that's how that worked and we didn't have patch notes at this point at that point in time like the day after the episode came out they had put i was like really no and we spend we spend a lot of time it's great it's just you just have to keep in mind that that last week's episode that specific portion is not valid anymore just due to them changing this interaction so i didn't really see that as fixing it i just thought that's how it was supposed to work but i mean uh it makes sense that and that's why i brought it up last week is because that's the way i assumed it should work and then when i tried when i was testing it's like wait that doesn't work Mm mm-hmm so I, I think the way that they have it now after the patch that came out today is the more intuitive yes. way that I think most people think it should work. I so would agree that I'm, I'm glad that they implemented. Yeah, that. I would definitely agree that it's more intuitive. So, OK, well, that was a lot of news to get through, but we are finally done and we can move on mm-hmm. to the the meat of the week's episode as we talk about the balance changes so um 
do you want to just kind of start off? Um, we just we want to talk about how much do the nerf cards change. So start off with Secret Passage. How much do you guys feel that Secret Passage has changed? Not everyone at once. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think it's changed that much. And I, I think it's, like Alex said, this is still a really powerful card. I think that it really... Uh, it allows for obviously refilling your hand. And I feel like in a lot of cases um, you, you wanted to play a secret passage in the mid game. I feel like turns six to eight so that you were allowed to, to, or six or later, basically that allowed you to potentially um, set up the board state because, or set up your, Set up the board state to better utilize the cards you previously had in hand a lot of times, or to find that lethal damage. And this this card, this version of the card, will still do both of those things. You just won't have that fifth option. So it's when you have nine mana, ten mana, or something like that, it's not necessarily going to get... You're not going to necessarily use all that mana the way you would have necessarily before, uh, because you had that fifth option there. But I, I still think it's going to be in almost every rogue deck, especially ones that are more aggressively focused. And uh, it, I don't know that it necessarily requires a tweak in how the deck is going to work or how it's going to look. But there's definitely some um, advantages to potentially... Uh, including a little bit more value in your deck, like Wand Maker. We're seeing uh, Evil Miscreant could find his find its way back in some of the uh, aggressive, like stealth builds that that weren't running some of those cards before. Now, just because you you don't get quite as much refill with this card, you don't get quite as much uh, you know value out of it, that sort of thing. So it's still a really good card. It's probably going to be one of the best, still going to be one of the best cards in the deck. It just uh, isn't going to be as OP as it as it's been. Don, yeah, I, I he he pretty much nailed it. I think I, I still think it's a really good card. I think it's going to be still used quite a bit, but I think what we're going to see is a slight change in the archetype of rogue that's being played because of this change. So in terms of the question that we have here is how much do the nerfs the nerf cards change i don't feel like the card itself changes much but i think the result is what archetype becomes more commonly used because of the change okay and you finished up while I was drinking it, water <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, it i think I, I think actually where this card kind of maybe hurts the most is in that Miracle Rogue deck that we were talking about a little bit uh, la last week. I don't remember if it was on the show or just before the show, uh, where you're basically running a secret package and you're running questing adventurers and uh, just the ability for it to only find four cards versus five means less fuel for the questing adventure. It also means... Uh, one less chance to hit that secret 
to to start the big Hanar turn as well. And, and so it, I, I I think out of all the archetypes that were using Secret Passage, I feel like that's the one that might end up getting hurt the most by this change. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about when we when we started talking about it was like that secret that the the new miracle rogue um i feel like that one was the one that was probably hit the the hardest by it but i mean i feel like this is a a nice subtle change to it like taking like the demon hunter approach where we're gonna make small changes um to not take down the power level of the card or make it unplayable because we like what it does it's just not as busted as it was before so i think this is a good change and it, it'll be interesting to see what you know rogue looks like in the next two weeks because obviously there's probably going to be a lot of change so then we have cabal uh acolyte dawn you want to kick us off on on this one Sure. Um, not, I'm not sure how you feel about this one. I've seen some people basically talking about how they're they're getting rid of it. They're like, well, all right, there's some extra dust. Mm. I, I don't know if that's necessary. I think it's still going to be played some, but it definitely is not as solid against aggro decks, which is, I think, what it was used for a lot at that six health. But it doesn't really change the interaction of using that plus wave of apathy to steal something important off your opponent's board. So I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Mm -hmm. Mage. Well, noted priest player that I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think the reason you played this card was to, to, to yoink a minion from the opponent's board. And this, this still does that, and it still does it for the same mana cost that you did it before. I think you just don't play it on four anymore. You, you play it, maybe you do against aggro because you're trying to you're trying to slow people slow the opponent down a little bit. But I think you're playing it. You're still going to play it because you want the you want the 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 spellburst effect, and I think the spellburst effect is still worth running in the deck. And in in the Galakron priest, uh, in a Highlander priest, that sort of thing. So I I don't think that it sees that much less play than it does now, and keeps infuriating people every time it steals a big minion from you. So my my thought is that yes, it's it's not as good as it was, but that doesn't end the card. Um, I still think if you're if you have it in your deck, I'm trying to think. It, uh, the only other card I can think on four is the uh, the bone uh, bone wraith. Yes, um, for a two mana or for a four mana taunt. Just I I'm just going off the top of my head. I'm sure there's other four mana taunts that priests can play, but like. This is one that still has a lot of upside. What's that? You're you're gay. Shinjin Shieldmaster. That's that's what's coming back in the meta now because of this. Right? I mean, I can't take you seriously now. <laughs> um, but uh, my thought, as I've been playing considerable amounts of priest over the past couple months, and um, I feel like it's still probably good enough. Um. It's not necessarily what you want to do on turn four unless you absolutely had to anyways. So, like, I always consider this more of a five drop. 
Um, but it does, it is a bit worse if you just have to drop it on four to try and, um, hold back the board, but you could still play it with Ray's dead and still yank a two drop. I mean, Worgen infiltrators in the meta. So there's still a lot that can happen. Phase stalker. There's a lot that can, it can still do. Is it as good as it was? No, but uh, like, I feel like I have the most experience out of these cards for me. Um, with, with the Cabal Acolyte, so I still feel like it's good enough to see significant amount of play. I don't think it gets dropped, maybe it gets dropped down to one in, in, in duplicate decks, and I would assume 100% Highlander decks still play it, so. I would just like to point out that you, like, in a meta where Worgen Infiltrator is seeing play, you're completely just destroying me and my thoughts on on cabal acolyte because i mentioned singed Shieldmaster as a possible <laughs> four uh, four drop taunt option that could potentially you know that if you were looking to switch this out that's something you could put in there but I yes guess. but the 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 problem is worgen shield worgen infiltrator does something with rogue that uh, Shinjin Shieldmaster has no upside with Priest. Yes. No, it does so. not. And I am not suggesting <laughs> that you play Shinjin Shieldmaster over Cabal Acolyte. All I was saying was, you're like, the only other four-drop taunt that I can think of is Bone Wraith. And I'm telling you, there's at least one other one. And it's, uh, well, it's good should, old Taz. Should I, should, have, should I have specified playable four-drop taunt? Because, like, that's what I meant. Apparently so. Yes. Apparently I so. know that there are... Always specify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, at least, at least, at least the shield master isn't going to get taken by your opponent's cabal acolyte if they if they, if they play that and then play but my opponent uh, my opponent my opponent's already taken out his cabal acolyte so i don't have to worry about that he's running that shield master there you go <laughs> uh bizarro land okay moving on uh dark glare um i think this is a pretty significant change to the card um in like it's not you're not going to be able to do the nutty zoo hands that you were able to do before in standard not not talking about wild giants i'm just talking about um everything you can do um basically the there was the essentially the mechanics are the same but you're running you know um the disease vulture and and things like that, you know, raise dead pen flingers and all that kind of stuff to generate more mana. Um, now that it's only drawing, uh, generating one, a life tap isn't free. Um, the raise dead only gives you one mana. A pen flinger pays for itself. You're not positive in mana. Um, so I don't think Zoo Warlock is done. But it makes it significantly less appealing, um, in my opinion. So, like, I feel like the the power level of Zoo Warlock currently had a lot to do with Dark Glare. And this just kind of, like, is a punch in the face for Standard. And I know that it wasn't overwhelming in, in Standard. It's it's This is a wild nerf, I think, 100%. So. Yeah, I... I... It's just like in Wild, the standard version of 
the warlock deck that was running dark glare is all about trying to make a big swing turn mm-hmm. board and the fact that you're not your one drops are not gaining you a mana when you play them as opposed to costing you a mana uh now that's now it's just free and one mana one mana cards that are free are a little bit easier to deal with than uh, they are a little bit worse than obviously allowing you to generate mana and be able to continue to keep playing things and so yeah it, it's uh the pain warlock as it as i think it was mm-hmm. called in a in a lot of cases i probably goes to probably probably doesn't see see much play i mean it was only starting to see some play uh it saw a little bit and then it kind of went away and then it came back a little bit um because of Penflinger and because of the the uh, the Flesh Giant being a payoff for that, but now it probably uh, probably need some other zoo-ish sort of card that to allow for Zoo to jump back in the meta because it just the this big the big swing turn that you can do with Dark Lair just isn't going to be as big as what your opponents are going to be able to handle which is why you won games with it. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add? Yep. yep. Uh, I think you guys pretty much covered it already, but I, I feel like, especially with the zoo, but a few of these decks already, we've already kind of seen them start to go away, like basically ever since the announcement went through. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's already been dropping off, and I feel like zoo especially Zoo was hit the hardest with this. Like once people knew, oh well, that's getting nerfed, then everybody just stopped playing it and went to other stuff. That's fair. Try, so, try and figure yeah. out what's what's next because Zoo isn't gonna yeah, well, Zoo isn't gonna be as powerful as it was. So like, I mean, it, I don't yeah. think it's unplayable, but it's certainly not what it was, and it's kind of unfortunate that it got hit by that. As a, it wasn't broken by any means. You could you can deal with Zoo Warlock with a variety of different ways. So it's not like the deck was busted. It's just, um, it's just unfortunate that, uh, that it, it is what it is. So. Yeah. There, there weren't two extra giants in a low. Yeah, exactly. To make the deck, the, the deck a terror, like, like in wild. So, all right. And then we are going to look at the buffs. So, start with Archwitch Archwitch Willow. Um there's there's nothing that I, I can't think of anything that's even at eight mana five five that sees this sees play. Like what are you pulling for like that just seems like we want this to be able to be played in wild. Like I can't imagine anything it's, it's too it's too slow for a while. Yeah, I yeah, I know, but I would assume like <laughs> the only thing I could think of like like if you had like uh Void Lords and Doom and uh uh what do you call them? Doom Guards. Doom Guards, yeah. Void Lords, Malgan. Yeah, exactly. Uh the the other the the five seven taunt with a five five lifesteal yep as a death rattle though those sorts of things yeah that's what you'd want to pull with this because mm. the for those that forgot what arch archwitch willow does it when you play this card it pulls a random demon from your hand and deck and plays them puts them on the board so you you presumably want to get 
some biggish sort of minions uh, out, and you're not looking for flame imps or or void void walkers or anything coming out of your uh, out of your deck or hand when you when you play this because it's understated fair fairly so uh by probably at least about three three worth of uh attack and health and so you want you want some you want a big return on that right and and right right now because especially with things being as quick as they are in the standard meta it seems really difficult to to rely on this as a swing turn because a lot of a lot of decks have already done something swingy by then or killed you by then sounds about right to me and soul fragments aren't going to be enough healing to keep you alive until turn eight i don't think yeah they they most certainly are not and then we have uh totem goliath so the five is now a five mana five five with overload one death rattle summon all four basic totems. Um, I mean, feels like it just adds a nice like layer to uh, totem shaman. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I feel like this does put totem shaman back in contention, um, because it's a card that has to be dealt with and. It's a 5-5 five, five that leaves behind four bodies, especially when you have Splitting Axe, when you have uh, Totemic Surge, all the buff cards for um, Totem Shaman and obviously Bloodlust and whatnot that, like, this all of a sudden, like, it's not just good enough to deal with a 5-5. Five, five. You have to be able to deal with the minions that come out of it. Otherwise, you probably should have left that five five on board. So I think this is a, a something that could give uh, Totem Shaman a buff. I like the change here, but I don't know if it's still enough. I still feel like Totem Shaman is missing one more thing, and maybe the overload here is going to be the thing that that helps it the most, rather than the plus one attack. Mm-hmm. Um, because like in Alex post that you read, I mean, that, that does allow you, if you drop this on five, then on turn six, you can play bloodlust because you're only overloaded for one instead of two. But I, I don't know. I still feel like the deck is missing something. And in a world where we still have warriors and priests and paladins with Libram of justice and things like that, it still just doesn't quite feel enough to me. It's fair. Yeah, I think I think this is the I didn't even notice at first glance that they upped the attack by one. It it actually was like the sec the second or third time that I saw the change that 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 actually had had been adjusted as well. I I think the overload is the bigger key here. I, Totem Shaman I I is not the I think the problem with Totem Shaman right now is it's been really the only way to play Shaman for and to be ladder viable mm-hmm. and i use that term loosely uh for for quite a while mm-hmm. and, and so i think you i think in if this if shaman had been able to play a a burn package or something like that and actually have another ladder viable deck i think this starts to get more interesting because then like if you queue into a shaman right now i think totems is probably the first thing you're thinking yeah. 
And then you have to figure out a way to keep the totems on the board. Totemic Reflection is great if you can keep totems on the board. Totem Golem is great if you can keep either the front half or the back half on the board. You know, the Splitting Axe, better if you can keep totems on the board. All these things. I think the 5-5 is great, and I think that maybe in the final expansion of the year... There might be some, that something else that it needs in order to be more viable, and it might be because other other things in the meta have changed as well. But it just feels like there's not enough there to deal with some of the other aggro things that are going on, and there's definitely it doesn't feel like there's enough value in Totem Shaman to to go up against uh, the bigger control decks that are seeing play. And they and everybody knows to remove totems right now. You're not fooling anybody when you. When you when you play a totem Goliath and you're like, I wonder if it's if they're gonna remove it or not. They're gonna bend over backwards to remove the thing because they know what you're trying to do. Of course, yeah. So, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, you'll see totem shamans. You're gonna lose to totem shamans uh, over the next week or so. So, I mean, <laughs> you see shaman. But yeah, being able to bloodlust yeah. after. After the turn you play this, if you played it on curve, I think it's huge. Yeah. Because I'm not sure why why you would want to do this play unless you could do that. Because that's the payoff. If they have if if they kill the front half of that, you need to be able to punish it if they leave the back half. Yeah, that's one thing too. It's like, do you just uh, do you just handle it by either you you leave it on the board and don't deal with it that turn because you can't deal with the back half. Like, that's, like, something you have to ask yourself. So, that's why I think it makes it interesting that it's not, like, prohibitively expensive anymore. So, we'll we'll see. Yeah, now there, now there is definitely a question of how, how do you deal with this when it comes down on five. If you can't deal with the back half of it, do you leave it up? I think probably in a lot of cases you do, because the, the alternative is Bloodlust goes from getting plus three to... Bloodlust giving plus 12. Exactly. So, yeah, a huge difference. Yeah, one of these scenarios, you're probably dead. One of these scenarios, you might not be dead. You figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, so how much do we think this will affect the meta? I don't... I, I personally don't know. So, um... Done. I I feel like a lot of these hit some of the faster decks. Mm-hmm. We saw a change in the zoo. We saw a change in rogue. I feel like the meta slows down a tiny bit, and I think because of that, uh, I I think we're gonna start to see more mid range decks. Okay, and more Highlander type stuff coming back uh, to to deal with like the priest, the the warriors that we're seeing. And I think we're going to see more Hunter to deal with all of the mage because mage has also been on a huge rise. Mm-hmm. So, so do you think, I mean, even though like warlock and rogue might like, I don't feel like rogue really slows down all that much. Like it's like, it was going like 72 miles an hour and now it's going 71.8 miles an hour. 
It's it hasn't really dropped the speed. It's not like it jammed on the brake. It just like wins like lifted its foot up one degree, on off the pedal. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I'm I looking think, at it. I think you might be underestimating how much it slows down. If you if you're not running Sinister Strike now because of mm-hmm. this, or you're not running Cold Blood because of this, and you're running things like uh, the evil miscreant or you're running wand maker it it, it feels like that you're in your analogy if they were going 72 before they're probably going about 68 69 instead and so it's like i think it's a little bit i, I think it's a little bit more of a a, a change than that. that's but fair I, I do wonder about i do wonder if it's enough of a change to allow for People then to just start focusing on the face hunter at, to counter that because that then kind of becomes the premier fast deck, and then if that starts to come down, then you have more mid, like you're saying, on the mid range and the controlling decks can then can't come out. So, so my my counterpoint to that is you you have an extremely valid point. And I think people are trying to slow it down a little bit much right now. I think they're like, okay, it's not as good as it was. Let's try and add some more value here. I think this is trying some things out. I think that Rogue is going to pick back up. Like, I think the ideal situation is miscreants not really the option like i feel like wand maker isn't the real like winner in the deck i feel like the the low and low and quick you know um approach that it was that it was before the nerf is probably still the approach and that's just my personal opinion i'm not saying that's how it is but like i feel like that's where it's going to end up and I'm not willing to die on this hill, so I will say that. Like, I'm not going to say that this is it, the way it is, and I'm going to say that's the way it's going to be. So, if I said wand maker, I meant to say wand thief, the one man okay, yes. combo card that discovers a mage spell because you can find damage, you can find, uh, you know, stall, you can find what whatever, you know, potentially even healing if that's what you would need but that that was that was the card i meant to mm-hmm. say if if i if yeah I you've been you've been saying wand wand maker yeah but the wand wand maker is seeing some okay. play at a few other places in a mid-range to more aggroish sort of deck like demon hunter yeah and that. but but not not in not i was in gonna that. say i wasn't sure but i didn't i doesn't mean it isn't the thing i thought one one thief had been seeing play in like the like more weapony rogue with the uh the triple s um it may have been so yes. like i felt like so that that's one that can like i feel like one thief is still pretty aggressive because it can look for damage it can look to like you said stall it out and like um you know freeze or do something to keep your your aggressive pushes on the board so that one i um i'm not 100 percent sure on so I don't feel like it's much of a a change for Rogue. It just cuts down the power level a, a little bit, which is which is fine. So, uh, let's see. Then we go back to Priest. I don't think Priest is really hurt. Um, the decks that are playing this are probably still going to be playing the Cabal Acolyte. Um. And if they're if they're taken if they take the Cabal Acolyte out of the deck, 
Um, I don't think the power level really changes all that much again. So I feel like it, it it's it's second its spell burst effect is good enough to keep it there. So um I'll all, all I'll say is rip full yoink package. If you've been listening to Vicious Syndicate and their podcast, Zacho's been talking a little bit about the full yoink package, which is double uh cabal acolyte, double cabal shadow something the i'm trying to remember the four or five that yeah that steals a, a two a two attacker less cabal maybe. shadow priest uh, is that it shadow priest yeah yeah and so they were talking about a full yoink package and this this might be enough to get you off the full yoink package i mean to be fair the the wave of apathy does give like i've seen people run the cabal um shadow priest as a four five you know in the deck just because wave of apathy allows that to uh, a, a real nifty way to steal anything on your opponent's board so like seven mana steal like mind control and get a four or five in the process like okay sign me up like where do i where do i go <laughs> yeah because unlike the acolyte the shadow priest you actually can target the minion you want to take yeah, exactly. You get a say. I mean, to be fair, when it comes down to it, you always always had something to go off of. Um, you could try and narrow it down. But yes, the, the Cabal uh, Shadow Priest does let you just do that with Wave of Apathy for free. Or for seven mana, excuse me. You know what I was saying. So, um. And then I think we talked about Darkware pretty extensively just earlier that uh, I don't think Zoo Warlock is going to see much play after this. Um, it's just a lot of the the powerful um, plays you can make with that deck um, definitely centered around Darkware giving you two mana per every health change every time you took damage. So, um, whereas with, especially with, uh, Penflinger, you can still run a disease vulture package and you can still run flesh giants. And I still think it'll be viable. I just don't think it's near as powerful. So you'll probably see a lot less of it. And that's my initial guess. Anyone? I, I, so I was, I was letting Dragon Rider jump in first. If if she wants, go for it. I'm 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 actually really disappointed with Zoo right now, and, and the reason I am is because that's the deck that I cut my teeth on when I was very first starting out, and it always a lot of times has been a more inexpensive deck, and it also was a good fundamentals deck. It talked about positioning, talked about you know thinking about trading versus going face and 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 finding lethal and that sort of thing. And the last two iterations we've had of Zoo Warlock have been these, for lack of a better word, monstrosities built around one particular card that had a completely busted effect. Whether it be the uh, Scrap Imp or now the Dark Glare, uh, this is... This isn't your grandfather's Zoo Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
bring me back to the days of like the dark share councilman where you have the three mana one five excuse me excuse me i'm gonna i'm gonna have to stop you right there you want to talk about monstrosities the dark share councilman i'm just i'm just saying it it won with by just putting minions that were difficult to deal with or that could get buffed up and just go face um on the board they it was it was a more of a flood style deck it played a lot of cheap minions leveraged the hero power i don't I, these last iterations of zoo warlock i don't feel like they're decks that i would want a newer hearthstone player to try and play mm-hmm. because they're not they they don't emphasize positioning they don't emphasize thinking about trading versus going face they're about high rolling they're about making this giant swing turn that your opponent can't deal with and then you just win the game. And, and it's all about getting a card and playing the card and then just going crazy with it. And and I would love... And, and maybe we're at a point now where, where Zoo Warlock can't be that anymore because of everything else that, that is available in the game. But that's the Zoo Warlock I miss. And I, and I would really love to see that kind of deck come back. Yeah. I, I don't know what it would take to get that kind of deck to come back, but it's uh, it's R.I.P. right now. It's uh, I mean yeah. you can still, I mean you can still play it and you can still win some games, but it's not going to be a mainstay in the the meta like it was. Um, also, Dark Darkshire Councilman is a monster, and you are monster for playing him. <laughs> I that I loved that card. I, yeah, I bet you did. That card was just that, <laughs> that card was amazing. Uh and and like you don't have Leroy to, to mm-hmm. run as as a finisher. You don't have power overwhelming to, to make a value trader or as a potential finisher as well. You do still have the sea giants, so if you're running that, you don't have Doom Guards anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe a lot of what uh allowed that deck to be viable was the fact that the hero power the always having resources, but then also having the charge finisher. Now that there's not charge finishers in the game anymore, may, may, er, in standard at least, may, maybe the stick just is never a thing anymore. And, and to me, that would be a real Yeah, shame. that's unfortunate. I, I'm sorry that it's not a, in a viable option, option where... But I mean, the, the, the game state is probably healthier for the less chargers it has in, in standard so i i think charge <laughs> yes we're just left with all the other completely degenerate things we could do instead yes exactly i mean yeah. it's not four four giants and uh, uh lotheb on turn five it's not that but that's that's true that that's true it's not that. so okay don i see you keep right. wanting to get in here sorry Nope, that's fine. That's fine. All right, I've got two things. Here's my take on Warlock, specifically, since we're kind of there and talking about that. What I want to see? Gandling. I love gandling. Mm-hmm. I want to see that being used. What I think we'll see if if people start playing more Warlock, uh, people are just going to go, go back to uh, Galakrond Warlock, is what I expect to see. Yeah, I could see that. That's... That's my Gan- my fun. What I want and what I think is gonna happen. <laughs> G- Gandling is a good card. It could be a good card in a in a more like traditional zoo warlock deck because it does reward you for having those cheap minions. It definitely can reward you for having lackeys, which is definitely something that warlock can do. 
but and yeah, eggs it, it, and and mm-hmm. eggs and that sort of thing and so yep. it's it it i would like it if we had a gandling zoo deck that could be closer to my bread and butter zoo warlock that from from way back when because i i will tell you i played when i was playing zoo warlock i was the sea giant warlock more than i was a leroy warlock uh zoo warlock so i'm fine with that the question is 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 that good enough yeah i hope so i hope so okay in your second point was that was that both of them ton i'm sorry that's yeah, okay. the second was that I, I think if people play Warlock, it'll just be Gatling. Okay, that's right. I am sorry. I was looking yeah. back over Don't the notes, <laughs> so I apologize to everyone out there. So um, so going back, uh, I don't think Archwitch does anything to standard meta. Uh, probably sounds like it doesn't do anything to the wild meta either, so let's skip her. Um, I think we were pretty clear on what we felt about... Um, Totem Goliath uh, affecting it has potential, but it still feels like Shaman is missing something with that, with that uh, Totem Shaman build. So that one we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I feel like you add a broom to any almost anything these days, and you can make some magical ha- things happen. So, <laughs> um. It, it worked for Disney, so... It yeah, did. Can, it did work in Anast- or Fantasia. I said Anastasia, and I'm like, wait, that A, that's not Disney, yeah. and B, <laughs> wrong story. <laughs> um, And then, what new decks do you think will spring up? So, Warlock, we got... We got... Uh, well, I guess that's not really a new deck. It's going back to Galkron Warlock. Um... I don't think the priest changes. Do we think there are any other decks that are going to spring up as for this? I not any new ones. There might be archetypes that we've seen in the past that just come back, but I don't. Nothing new. I don't think. Yeah. No. It it, se- it seems like because the the uh, finite change that was made in each of these cards, I don't think there was enough of a change to warrant you completely. I, I don't think any deck that gets affected by these changes was doing enough to completely change um, the meta. And so they're they're not going to completely follow the meta, so nothing new is necessarily going to spring up as a result of them leaving. Um, yeah. You know, I think you're 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 still gonna see rogue and but but I mean the hunter's still gonna be there if you're worried about fast decks and uh, you know, you and and even like more mid-range decks, you've still got you've still got like the Soul Fragment Demon Hunter, and and you've still got the control decks, and uh, you know Warrior and and some of those. So it's just like, yeah, I don't I don't think anything springs up as a result of, of these changes, and I don't know if that was the an intention, or if it was just bring everything a little bit closer together. Yeah. So we'll I guess we'll see. So. That's going to wrap it up on our main topic. So let's go into this week's poll question. We spent a great deal uh, of the show talking about the balance changes that have been implemented. What we'd like to know from you is, do you think the balance changes implemented in patch 18.2 were needed? Uh, I 
definitely heard opinions both ways on that they were needed or weren't needed. So we want to know, what do you think? Yes, they were needed and the right cards were hit. Yes, but the wrong cards were hit. Uh, or no, the, the no balance changes were needed. Things were fine as they were. So that'll be the poll question for this week. Please uh, give us your feedback, vote, and uh, reply back. Give us give us your thoughts, and we'll talk about the results on next week's show. So real quick, does a does a three bears analogy work with this <laughs> with this poll question? Is baby bear no too big, too small, just <laughs> fine? Yeah, I, I think or just right. I, I it, it sort of does feel. Like that, yes. <laughs> Anytime there's three questions, I always equate it to the three bears. So. No, this the cards were too cold. No, they were too hot. Baby Bear says the cards were just right. <laughs> All right. Anyways, enough of me being a dork. So um, you can find uh, the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can email the show at Dr3HS at gmail.com. And you can go to the Twitter and click our top pin tweet to find our Discord. And you can find myself at Daring Alkaline on Twitter. Uh, Dragon Rider? You can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D A W N I E D K. And Twitch uh, most of the week. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Dragon Rider DK. And then pretty much anywhere where there's a series or tournament weekly thing going on, you can find me there as well. Awesome. And then Mage, take us home. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Majadeth. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Majadeth. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I know we're a little long-winded this week, but as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three. Dr. Three.